due to the COVID-19 outbreak, all other podcasts have been canceled. But lucky for you, Rick Roberts, very funny guy, has built a wall around the school of laughs. And it's good to go. So let's kick it. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last Podcast. Rick Roberts here in the midst of trying times. My goodness, has more ever happened in the world of entertainment and the world in general than this past week? Who knows? You know, originally I was going to do an episode about um, how to help people in a situation that is beyond their control. And that situation was the tornado we had that hit Nashville all the way out to Cookville, a 40-mile path at one point for the tornado. Hit our little community of Mount Juliet here in the Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee area, and you know, fortunately, my, me and my family were okay, but I know friends and friends of friends that were affected by it, and we're doing what we can to help those folks out. Uh, we had several casualties, not as many as it could have been, but always more than you'd like to hear about. So I still want to say uh, we're thinking and praying for you folks out there in the area, the immediate area that I'm recording from here in Nashville, and uh, let me know if there's anything I can do for you as you recover from any damage you may have had. Um, I would love to do some benefit comedy shows. In fact, uh, there was one or two that I was approached to help out with, and I'm already uh, booked up and out of town. Although that could change because, as you know, the national, international, worldwide interruption is this COVID-19 coronavirus. And it's really, really affected a ton of people. So what I'm going to do is shift the focus of this episode to that, and today it will be fairly brief, but what I want to do is address the uh, the situation at hand, why it's not as bad as it could be, what we should do in the midst of it, who we should also be thinking of besides ourselves, and then lastly, I'll talk about a cancellation clause you can include in your contracts if you're not doing that already, and potential wording and some samples of how you can do that. So if this event happens in the future and your contract did not uh, protect you as much as you would have liked, or if indeed you didn't even have a contract in the first place, which required a deposit, uh, all these things we'll address in the third part of the podcast, which will happen, like I say, fairly quickly. But I wanted to give some useful information today. May not be a laugh fest in here, although we'll talk about laugh fest in a little bit. But you know, got to make the best of it, folks. And you know, before I even get to what we could be doing in in the midst of this, you know, I could go into personal details of how many gigs that have been. Uh, scheduled, rescheduled, or promised to be rescheduled for me. Uh, in in a nutshell, uh, this this particular March was going to be really nice. I'd worked pretty hard and got some gigs lined up, and I was able to pull off four. One, let's see, one, two, three, four, four of the eighteen gigs this month. Which eighteen is a, a big number for me as far as a month is concerned. Usually, I keep it around twelve or so. But I really loaded it up and was able to pull off just a handful of those. So just like you, I'm out uh, or delayed the potential for income for quite a while on some of those things. But hopefully things will bounce back. But as I was thinking about it, 
as bad as it is, and I'm able to kind of sustain a hit now better than I would have been at the beginning. So I empathize with those of you that are counting your first couple of years of comedy as a full-time profession. Um, it still dawned on me that there's a ton of positives that I don't want to lose sight of when it comes to being a comedian. You know, there's a ton of perks. We've earned the perks. We've worked for them. Some, some perks we didn't really earn. We just got. But above and beyond, there's, there's five that really keep me going as a comedian, even in tough times. And one is that this is really one of the few jobs where you can express your views, opinions freely and get paid for it. That's a beautiful thing. I don't want to lose sight of that. Even in tough times like this where we don't be... Uh, don't get the chance to be in front of an audience, uh, we still have the chance to sit down and create ideas, you know, and to be able to do that full time. This is almost my 30th year. I I cannot say uh, enough how blessed and thankful I am for that opportunity. And even when there's an interruption like this, uh, I want to focus on the positive things. So as a comedian, performer, musician, artist, you can, you know, say what you want and have people react to it. And that's a beautiful thing that not everybody is able to do, and many people are not uh, bold enough to do. So pat yourself a little bit on the back for being able to do that normally, and hopefully you appreciate the next time you get on stage. The other thing that we can do that a lot of people can't or don't have the opportunity to do is to unite people in these tough times. So whether it's writing some funny posts, I've seen quite a few funny things, even though the virus itself can potentially be harmful to those who catch it. Uh, you can still be funny about it. And if your friends get incensed or irate about you posting and being somewhat nonchalant, then you know, they don't understand what your job is. You do, though. Your job is to bring some hilarity and some tough times. And, and even though we can't do that in front of audiences right now in many circumstances, you can still be a uniter instead of a divider. The other thing that we tend to th- forget about is that when things are rolling pretty steady and we know who we are and what we're supposed to do, We can accept or decline work as we see fit. If you're a real hustler in comedy, you can work as much as you want or as little as you want if you're able to get your fee where you want it to be. And that is not the case for a majority of the people affected by this this virus, the tornado, or any other situation that may come up down the road. We can typically accept or decline work. That is a very fortunate position to be in. And you might not be there yet. Maybe you take every gig that comes along the line. I understand that. But as things get rolling and you become a professional, you have the ability to veto or take gigs. And that is a very, that's a blessing. I can't say it any other way. It's a blessing. So focus on that. You're also not only able to do all these things, you're rewarded and compensated for your hustle and drive. I know for a fact A lot of people out there, including myself in previous jobs, weren't always compensated appropriately or rewarded for my hustle and my drive. When you're stuck in a minimum wage job, you know, besides getting the parking spot of the month, there's not a lot of bonuses. Uh, And you can hustle all you want and do that job more effective, and they'll just give you more work to do. So I appreciate those people when I encounter folks that are doing the little things that make the world go round. I don't treat them like they're doing a little job. They're super important. But you know, when I do a show, I get compensated and I get applause. How, how great is that? You know, on, on good shows. <laughs> Occasionally I'll get a show where they stare and uh, are tempted to throw stuff. But in general, as a performer, musician, artist, speaker, uh, 
we're rewarded with good feelings towards what we do as well as good compensation. And that, again, is not to be overlooked. It's a positive that I want you to think about moving forward. And then here's the thing that I want you to think about after the podcast is that we're still able to do what drives us. We're still able to create create work, create opportunities, all while sitting at home, sitting on a bus, a plane, in a hotel, at a coffee shop. You know, Even though there's restrictions and social distancing requests right now, we can still do what we're built to do, do what we were designed to do by God, is to create. And so no amount of social distancing or lack of audiences or any of those things will keep us from doing that. So I just want you to keep those in mind as we go through any tough times. This is just the current bump on the on the road here. But anytime there's tough times, instead of being angry and afraid, which is easy to do, it's especially easy to be angry and worried about income, and I understand that. But take time to be thankful and bold. You know, a lot of people are always pointing fingers, and the people that have been skeptical of big pharma, the government, now humbly have to maybe lean on both of those for assistance and help. And uh, even though they may not admit it out loud, and I know a lot of comics are are uh, definitely poking fun at both of those and being angry at both of those, now's the time where we need to help support those so that they can get help to people who need it and to listen to what their instructions and suggestions are and take that into play and honor it. And that's a bitter, untested, and yet-to-be-released pill to swallow for a lot of people. But that's kind of the case. That's kind of the situation. So don't forget to be positive. Express You can express your views. You get paid for it. You unite people in tough times. You're rewarded and compensated for hustle and drive, and you can create just about anywhere. Another positive to think about is the flip side of this. You're not going to be forced to go to work in an environment that is potentially hazardous. I mean, you're not working, but you're not being forced to work either. And I know the odds of catching a deadly version of the virus pretty minuscule. I don't want to trivialize it, but more people have resigned, been fired, or replaced in the Donald Trump administration than have died as a result of coronavirus at this point in the United States. And uh, I'm recording this on March 15, 2020, so I'm fully aware that that might flip any second now. But at this point, it is a pretty small amount of people. But there are people that have to work around those that are infected and may not even know it. And, you know, quite honestly, I could be infected right now and have no idea either. So, you know, after a 14-day period, without encountering any other people in that 14-day period, you're somewhat safe. But, you know, when you look at how that could possibly overlap, you might be safe now and after 14 days realize you're cool and then encounter somebody on the 15th day and on the 28th day realize you have it. So who knows how it's all going to shake out. But you're not being forced as a comedian, entertainer, to go entertain people, which is a positive. You know, as I wrapped up my last couple of gigs, I had to fly through a couple of the busiest airports in the United States, Atlanta and DFW in Texas. And, you know, those are both states that are somewhat affected by the virus more than others as well. And I try not to think about it. I, uh, I got a little blue mask I carry around if I feel I need to put it on. That's more just for mental relaxation. But your skin starts to crawl as you hear all the safety announcements going through the airports and people coughing all around me at the same time. And I couldn't help but notice how many workers in minimum wage jobs were expected to show up and work. From the janitors who are wiping down all the areas that people are hacking on to the baggage handlers who are grabbing the handles that have been handled by the hands of those who have potentially been affected, the airline personnel and TSA workers, you know, they're all expected to work through this national emergency situation. But I have the option of canceling and going home. Now, I had to travel through those airports to get back home. 
it did pass through my mind I could rent a car and drive like it was the end of the the world and just drive past empty shopping malls and Walmart parking lots but I went ahead and took the flight so I get home quicker but I realized other people could not quit their job without being uh, negatively affected by it but I could and it was a little chilling to see how empty airports were as as well as how busy some were you know leaving Little Rock is my last gig it was uh almost empty in fact the flight more than half the flight was was empty and of those seats there were mostly pilots who were flying home because their schedules had been shortened by quite a bit most of the guys I was close to that were talking were uh, looking at a 50 percent decline in I guess flights or gigs however you want to call it for them but their workload was going to be cut in half this particular week and maybe cut in half more as less people fly because we're not supposed to be around other people in a contained environment so Again, I'm lucky enough to where I can cancel something if I need to and not forced to go to work. So let's keep in mind those people that are forced to go out there and do what they have to do. You know, my job as a comedian, your job as an entertainer comedian is to keep things light, give people a little bit of hope. I did that best I could. Had a little bit of fun at the last couple of shows. Uh, got one part where I get people up to sing with me and I gave them little blue masks to put on while we did that and uh, just kind of had a little fun with it, handed them hand sanitizer after I shook their hand, just tried to make the most of it. But, in, you know, in reality, we all knew something was potentially lurking out there, but we didn't want to, to tr truly ruin our fun. So I powered through until the last gig, and now, yeah, I've got uh, no audience for weeks. So we'll see what happens there when they come back. But even though we're without audiences, we have the opportunity to be with people who should mean even more to us. This interruption could be a time to catch up with our friends and families and other comedians. Maybe get together, write some jokes. Hmm, that wouldn't be bad. Take advantage of the downtime. And if you've got the urge to connect, you can still post videos, interact with your audience virtually, which is not something they could do as performers back in the bubonic plague or even back in the early days of, of some of the stuff that you grew up you know, around. So we have the opportunity to connect with people through social media. I heard about an Italian group of musicians that did a flash mob from their windows. They threw open their windows and played their violins and trumpets and bass and whatever they had within earshot of those neighbors and entertained them even though they were being restricted to stay at home. So, you know, at least those are a couple of good things that can come out of this negative stuff. But I want to talk about what you're probably most concerned about and you're most distracted by and worried about, and that's income. You know, missed gigs or gigs that are canceled or lost potential revenue. And I know sometimes people say, I've lost this much amount of money. Uh, really, you haven't earned it yet. You haven't been paid it. But uh, you'll miss out on that money, either temporarily or potentially not get that gig again if they do rebook. So I understand it's really kind of a, a tricky situation and I don't really know a single professional comedian in my circle that hasn't been affected by this we're all kind of in the same boat literally actually <laughs> literally in the same boat some of my friends are out there uh, Kristen Key I don't know if you know Kristen but she's she's been around for a while long, last comic standing and bringing the funny and I met her I don't know probably 15 years ago in Amarillo Texas when she was just getting started but you know she was performing on the Grand Princess on Princess Cruise Lines and has been moved to being quarantined at Travis Air Force Base with 600 other passengers for 14 days. And, you know, she she's making the best of it. Even though she is 100% affected by this, 
she's posting things online. You know, last I saw, she was posting that she would trade a roll of toilet paper for some homemade lasagna that somebody could drop that off at the Air Force Base. So, hey, if you're out there in that area, hook a sister up if you can. But we're all in the same boat. I know a lot of a lot of cruise ship comics. In fact, you know, if my kids were older and I'd started comedy at a different phase, I probably would be doing cruise ship gigs right now. But because of my age, a lot of the people that I know are on the ships. They've, they've got clean shows. They've got hours of material. And it's a tough break for sure. Hope they bounce back quickly and safely and, and they do what they can to, to get work. But they're particularly affected. There's no uh, comics performing on airlines right now, even though they tried that a couple of times, believe it or not. But our cruise ship comic friends out there, I'm thinking about you. Uh, and I hope that gets back to normal as quick as possible. Uh, even just beyond comedians, if you look at the industry, the pandemic has affected just about every aspect of it. Live Nation, who will take every possible penny they can from you, has paused tours and concerts, so you know it's serious. NPR, they, you know, I was driving to the airport, I guess it was Saturday morning, or yeah, Saturday morning, and they were hosting an audience-free recording of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. So they were powering on, you know, they had the venue rented, they went ahead and recorded, and they didn't have an audience. And I know a lot of the late-night shows are recording without audiences, uh, the show that I warm up for, the Huckabee Show, right now they're recording without audiences. They, you know, and I'm the audience warm up, so that means I don't need to be there. And they paid me a partial fee for the last minute cancellation, but um, you know, everybody's being affected by this. And Just a brief interjunction to remind you to wash your hands and cough into your inner elbow area, that tender little spot where the top part of your uvula. Femur, maybe it's your ulna. You know what I'm trying to say. It's right there. It's a little thing in there. You want to cough in there and keep your hands clean. Okay, carry on. Yeah, I think he's saying cough into your arm just anywhere but your hand. Thank you, President. <laughs> um, but all kinds of people are being affected by this. You know, festivals were in full swing. Gilda's Laugh Fest and Grand Rapids had to cancel some shows in the middle of their festival. And I know they had one of their signature events, the uh, one of the bigger fundraisers, and at that event, they had 700 meals that were going to be served. They'd already paid for those meals, but they were going to cancel the show. So they were at least uh, heads up and quick thinking and donated those 700 meals to Mel Trotter Ministries in the area, which helps those experiencing hunger and homelessness. So, you know, a small positive out of a big negative, but they were able to do something. And, you know, not just the venues, but have you stopped to think about the people who book us into the venues, conferences, clubs? All the amount of work that they have to put in to reschedule, cancel, refund, rebook, all that is just busy work now on top of the regular work of planning shows and events for down the road. Their commissions are affected right now, and, and if you're uh, concerned about them or want to help them out, you can sign a COVID-19 federal aid package for events industry petition to help them out. And I've got a link to that in the show notes for this episode, but I think all entertainers should jump in there, sign that so it reaches the amount of people necessary to be forwarded onto the president's desk. But those people that book you are commission-based as well. So they make a percentage of what you're already making, and they're losing that as well as you losing money. So think about them. So moving forward, what can you do right now to deal with this situation? Here's a few ideas. Uh, first is you're going to have some events cancel. If you have anything on the books here in the next four weeks, pretty good chance of those things canceling. So instead of scrambling every time one of those comes in, I uh, what I've done is I've just created two responses for when those emails come in. One, 
you know, all of mine actually have contracts. So I have two responses that you can reply back with depending on your situation. If you don't have a contract in place and didn't get a deposit and you get a request to cancel or reschedule, I would reply back with something simple and I would just write this out, save it in your notes on your phone or whatever, on your computer, and then copy and paste so it doesn't start driving you crazy every time you get one. But something to the effect of, I know canceling or moving the date wasn't your desired outcome either. It's unfortunate, and I'm sure you have other people to get in touch with, like the folks at the venue, catering, all those folks. So just for now, know that I'm willing to circle back in a week or so and help us find a suitable makeup date. If it takes longer than that, I understand, but I still would like to work with you. I'm on your team. I don't want to make things good for all parties involved moving forward. So yes, I'm willing to reschedule, but I do want to make this happen in the future. I will be touching base back soon. You could say something as simple as that, and trust me, the event planner, whoever hired you, will be thankful that you set something back fairly quick, and it involves, you know, all the things that you need to tell them, and you're requesting to be booked again. And I would, you know, be reasonable as soon as we see the uh, the bell curve flatten out and this thing being taken care of. I would circle back and touch base with those people and see if you can salvage those gigs. Or for events that cancel where you do have a contract in place, I kind of reply back with this approach. Uh, hey, I know canceling or moving the date wasn't your desired outcome either. If you simply want to cancel and move on, the contract stated, and this is where you put down your cancellation policy, mine would say something like, the deposit is non-refundable and the balance is due if the event is canceled within X days of the event. And this is definitely canceled short notice for a majority of the events this month and next month. So the, the balance is due in full. Or the deposit is non-refundable and the balance is due if a suitable replacement date can't be agreed upon by both parties. So if it is to be canceled and the, the cancellation policy said everything is due in full, then you know you can waive that and be a, a, a team player. But if you need the money, you certainly have the right to it if it was signed upon. And then again, if it could be rescheduled, then you can work on the balance situation if the date doesn't appear on your books at a certain party. And we'll also give you some contract language here in a minute to put that in place if you don't have it. So basically, you just drop in what your contract stated to remind them. And then I'd sign off with, please let me know if you'd like me to invoice you for the balance. And if you'd like me to do that through PayPal, Square, etc. for the people that did hire me and put down a deposit but didn't have the gig. And then just sign off, you know, however you would sign off. Use a little bit of humor if you can. But then say, yeah, thanks for understanding and I hope we can work together in the future. And then, again, modify that or tweak it to suit your personality and your situation. If you don't have a contract in place, I really recommend you get one. And I realize there are some people that will not do it because they don't want to be held to a contract. And if you take those gigs, you got to run the risk of not being paid. Uh, other places like comedy clubs typically just have a handshake phone call email agreement, but nobody is signing those kinds of cancellation clauses for comedy clubs unless you're a headliner or a draw or a ticketed event specifically because you are who you are. So if you're in that boat, you can try a contract for the clubs. Probably won't work. But for any gigs outside the club, I suggest you have a contract if for no other reason you have a piece of paper with all the details on, but as we see now with this particular event, a cancellation policy is necessary. So I request 50% upfront, non-refundable. If they fight that, uh, I can make it refundable up until a certain date. And then the balance, again, is due 
uh, if the event is canceled within 90 days, you might want to say it's doing full regardless, however you want to do it. But I, I try to work with people best I can. So if you don't request a deposit, don't have a contract, you definitely should. If you don't have a cancellation policy, here's a few things you should think about when crafting one. And I'll give you one here in a second. But you want to decide who should shoulder the risk of re responsibility if there is a cancellation, whether it's you or them. You want to make it them. Uh, what are the consequences due to a cancellation? Who's due what? At what point in the advance of the date does the cancellation policy kick in? For me, it's 90 days. What funds will be due to which party? What is the timeline for paying the outstanding amount? Make sure there's a, a timeline so they just don't drag it out for years to come. What types of events are included that activate the clause? And what type of event, if any, is an exception to the clause? So you want to have this in there. This unfortunately becomes fine print. and It becomes a whole page sometimes of the contract and people don't read it. But I think in the near future, they're going to read it a little bit closer. So here is a sample cancellation par uh, policy. If you don't have one, uh, here's kind of what you can use. If the hiring party and the performer encounter a situation that results in requiring the event and performance from being held due to weather, fires, explosions, earthquakes, drought, tidal waves, hurricanes, tsunamis, floods, riots, wars, invasions, acts of terrorism, government-mandated travel restrictions, or restricting or requesting groups to not assemble, and no possible rescheduling date can be agreed upon, the hiring party shall comply with the following obligations. All right, so in that first part, you just described all the things that could activate this clause. And here you're saying, here's what's going to happen if it's canceled. So if the cancellation occurs outside of 90 days from the event, so more than 90 days of the event, hiring party forfeits deposit and is responsible for any unrecoverable travel cost associated with the performer's plans to attend the event. I, sidebar here, I like to book travel as early as possible to save money for everybody. So sometimes I have definitely booked travel outside of 90 days. And sometimes there's a, a change fee uh, associated with that. So I want them to be responsible for that if they're changing the plans for the event. So hiring party for fits deposit and is responsible for any unrecoverable travel costs associated with performers' plans to attend the event. If the cancellation occurs inside of 90 days, so just 90 days or less from the event, Hiring party forfeits deposit and is responsible for any unrecoverable or unrecoupable travel costs associated with performers' plans to attend the event, as well as the balance of the performer's fee that has yet to be paid. So 50% more. The timeline for reimbursing the performer is consistent with the date the balance was due in the original contract. In this case, the balance was indeed due on the day of the event, and the travel expenses to be reimbursed were to be reimbursed within 14 days of the event. The same holds true in the event of a cancellation within 90 days. Performer agrees to expedite the invoice for travel expenses and any balance due at this time to help, to help facilitate the reimbursement process. The above does not apply if the event is able to be rescheduled. In that case, hiring party is only responsible for paying performer any unrecoverable or non-transferable travel costs associated with performer's plans to attend the event. This is to include change fees by airlines and cancellation fees charged by hotels for lodging. Okay, that is a mouthful, I understand. And we all like to keep things, most of us like to keep things simple, but having that in place will give you a reference point and some leverage if an event is canceled due to short notice and can't be rescheduled. Now, if you don't want to try to listen to that and write it all down, I don't blame you. You can request a copy of this language and this cancellation policy by joining the Insider Tip Sheet, 
just send a request to me at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. In the subject line, put cancellation fee language or something like that, cancellation policy. And do me a favor. Don't just do that inside the email. Let me know where you're based, how long you've been doing comedy, and at what level, how long you've been listening to the podcast, or how long ago you found out about it. And I just like to know that kind of stuff about my listeners so I can curtail some of the podcast episodes to that. So feel free to tell me about yourself when you request that, uh, that you join the Insider Tip Sheet. And then the tip sheet that goes out in the next week, you will get that language uh, as, long, as well as I'll drop it into the, the subject, not to the subject, to the body of the email. So you have it. Now, if you're a Patreon sponsor and supporter of the podcast through Patreon, you're going to get that automatically. It's already been uploaded to the Patreon feed, so if you want to get it, you can go look at the most recent post, grab it, copy it, paste it in your Word doc, tweak it as you need it, and you've got it. So, there you go. That's what's going down right now. Again, hopefully you're not as affected as it could be. Hopefully you're not infected as it's possible, and that we all get through this thing here in the next 30 to 60 days and get back on track. I do think, and this is just me thinking, I don't have details or facts, but I do think the summer will be busier than normal as these mints uh, scramble to reschedule and get dates once the uh, the restrictions and requests are kind of lifted from the government and people seem to be getting healthier again. So uh, take this opportunity, write some material, hunker down, uh, do all the things you couldn't do when you were busy traveling and make the best of the situation when it bounces back. Next episode, I'll have a very specific thing you can do to create material during this downtime, and I may release that even earlier than the regular release date since you're sitting at home not traveling, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks to Ray Price for being our Patreon supporter for this episode. And remember, if you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you can jump on to the newsfeed inside Patreon and grab the recent post, which includes all the contract language we just talked about, as well as a contract template that you can insert that into. Double whammy. Thanks again, Patreon supporters. And a special thanks to comedian Ed Wiley. You can find out more about Ed Wiley at Ed Wiley Comedy on just about every platform, Twitter, YouTube, uh, edwileycomedy.com. But Ed did our Trump bumps for this episode. Well done, man. I appreciate it on short notice and quick turnaround. Other than that, uh, we'll be back pretty soon with more... Hold on, Rick. I've got this. I have the perfect ending. It's going to be beautiful. Stay safe and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.